Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Sharon Lever. Your co-hosts for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Today, we're joined by VP and Principal Analyst Kate Leggett and Principal Analyst Ian Jacobs to discuss how customer service will evolve in 2021. Welcome, Kate and Ian. Hi, Jen. Hi, Sharon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. So before we dive into 2021, perhaps a, a brief reflection on how things maybe majorly changed in 2020 for um, customer service broadly and customer service professionals. Sure, I'll, I'll jump in and start and then turn it over to Kate for a second. Uh, you, you can think about it both from the consumer side and from the brand side. From the consumer side, the needs changed fairly dramatically. The, the issues that they were having for customer care changed. People were worried about their health, their finances. There was massive unemployment. Um, so we had a lot of different issues. And from a brand point of view, all of a sudden, you've got this huge population that were in brick and mortar contact centers that had to be sent home. Uh, in the US, that's about 3 million people. I mean, we're not talking about a small group of people. You had to figure out the telephony to make sure that the phone calls would actually get to their houses. You had to be sure that they had the tools to actually serve customers. You had to have the whole infrastructure to support those people, like the people who reviewed the quality of the interactions that the agents were having with you as customers. We're all now working in remote environments, managing those people became a remote operation. So everything that we kind of knew about contact centers got upended. Pretty much there's almost nothing that's the same as it was uh, two years ago in contact centers now. Kate, did I miss something big? The way the customers engaged uh, also changed. Uh, Self-service digital channels uh, became the primary modality that customers engaged with uh, the companies that they did business with. Um, so here's some data uh, from Forrester. 14% uh, of US adults, for example, paid bills and banked online for the first time ever because of the pandemic. 13% received a medical support or did a medical uh, had a medical appointment over the phone or online because of the pandemic. 21% uh, of US adults for the first time paid uh, purchased groceries online, 17% uh, ordered restaurant delivery online. So the pandemic really changed the way that customers engage uh, with companies that they do business with. And as a result, companies started to invest in chatbots, uh, in uh, digital channels to be able to meet customers where they were. And then what happened as well is that as customers started gaining confidence over these digital channels, the volume of digital interactions started to, to skyrocket. And as well, the number of customer inquiries changed because uh, customers were looking to companies to, to, to help counsel them. For example, how do you refinance your mortgage or apply for a small business loan? And what we saw was that customer service became this lifeline to many customers looking to understand their options, 
to be able to navigate the pandemic. And so customer service actually became more strategically important in being able to to uh, nurture and grow existing customer relationships. As we look to 2021 then, so a lot of that is a lot of change, right, for a lot of folks. Um, let's start with the you know, within the businesses and the enterprise side and the customer service organizations. Um, Ian, you mentioned, you know, they all ended up at home. It's uh, all new kind of process, et cetera. New training, new skill sets. Um, what, what all changes in 2021? I'm assuming most organizations are feeling like this isn't exactly temporary, obviously, and no matter what, the new normal's new, and so therefore new skills are required. How big of a change systemically long-term do you envision to continue to see in 2021? So we don't have hard Forrester data yet on what the new standard labor model is going to be, but on things like webinars where we've done surveys with contact center leaders and just in conversations with lots and dozens and dozens of Forrester customers, we see that brands are looking like they're gonna settle on some kind of hybrid labor model where people are sometimes at home, sometimes in the office or some parts of the contact center population is gonna be at home and other parts are permanently gonna be in the office. If you think about what that takes to manage those people. Let's just start at the manager level, the supervisor and manager. People have been hired for their ability to walk around a contact center floor, get the buzz of what's going on, jump in and help an agent when they're in trouble. Now you've got remote employees where you can't listen in to everything all at once. You don't necessarily know when an agent is in trouble. So we're starting to see brands rethink what the supervisor role actually looks like, what the skill sets are that are required because they're going to have to manage a mix of in-person in uh, staff as well as remote staff. Thinking about things like <clears throat> measuring quality. Um, do you measure quality differently for somebody who is in the office versus somebody who is remote? Do you actually send different kinds of interactions to one group versus the other, right? Like in, in my home, I may wanna do digital interactions that are more forgiving of the momentary interruptions that happen when you're at home with kids and spouses or roommates or whatever it is. Whereas when I'm in the office, it could be the things that require intense concentration and unbroken attention paid to a specific customer. So it, it, there is some new skill set thinking that's required, but I think a lot of it all is also, how do we optimize for mixing the remote work and the in-person work so that we actually drive the best experience to the customers? Uh, 2020 is gonna really leave lasting scars, I think on, on some contact center agents, right? Cause it's been really, really tough. But what the brands have found is that they've overperformed. CSAT's gone up because people are more forgiving, but also because contact center agents are happy to have a job, right? It, it's a tough environment. Contact center agents are, well, we know they're not well-paid people, right? So if they were working at Walmart, they might've been out, on, uh, out of a job. So they're happy to have a job. They're also empathetic because they're going through the same sort of struggles 
as the consumers are at the same point. So how do you capitalize on that is another thing that people are thinking about. Like, okay, we've reshaped how we think about customer experience. We've talked about it being an important thing in customer service for years and years and years. We actually sort of started to take it seriously in 2020. How do we replicate that for the next five years, right? Without having this major crisis looming over our heads. So that th those are some ways that I think the skills question is changing. Yeah, and so what we also saw was that the pandemic had a an impact in the work that uh, customer service agents did. And we saw that skills change uh, because of changing technology. Uh, we talked about how customers want contactless customer service and they want to, to engage over uh, digital channels. And we saw brands uh, investing in chatbots in digital engagement like chat and messaging. Uh, they even started uh, investing in computer vision, uh, video, to be able to see the customer or see their assets and be able to help guide uh, customers to the right resolution and best support them, best meet them in where they, they, they are. Um, and as brands started investing in these self-service and digital uh, technologies, we saw that uh, these modalities uh, can be infused with automation and AI that help pick off the easier questions. And so what happens is that the harder questions end up in the customer service agent's lap. So You've got agents working at home now, and they're dealing with the more complex inquiries um, that are ultimately, it's more satisfying work for these agents. But what we found was that agents actually needed different tools, technologies to be able to answer these harder questions. They needed to understand the customer, their assets, they needed to be able to collaborate with perhaps subject matter experts or other agents uh, to be able to swarm around an issue, uh, to be able to, to, do, uh, to find the right um, resolution for that customer. Um, what we also saw was that they didn't have supervisors, managers who were walking the floor, who were able to help them, uh, help agents when they, they needed help. And so what uh, contact centers started to need were to be refocused or to double down their focus on data and analytics to be able to understand, for example, trending topics or hot inquiries. Contact centers had to start investing in, for example, a more uh, curated set of answers um, that agents were able to use because government policies, company policies would change and agents had to be able to tap into a single source of truth to be able to um, have the right answer, the right content uh, for their customer interactions. So with the changing nature of work with agents getting the harder work, we also found that agents are ultimately happier working on the harder issues and a customer service as well is becoming more strategic to companies 
where agents really feel that they're making an impact to the end customer. Uh, we saw customer service organizations becoming more focused on the outcome of an interaction instead of just the mechanics of doing their job. Contact centers became less focused on productivity and efficiency metrics, more focused on quality of service and customer satisfaction and conflict resolution. In, in some ways, there's been a happy accident where technology advancements kind of dovetailed with increased need. If you think about, for example, the ability to transcribe phone calls in real time with low enough latency that you can then use that text to drive suggestions to the agent to help during the course of the conversation and change the course of that conversation. We've only really seen that latency get low enough to be practical within the last two years. So it really did jibe well with the, the agent's need to be able to handle these more complex interactions that now there are some tools that actually can practically help them do so. And so we've seen increased interest and investment in technologies like that, that just weren't even available two years ago. Kind of a chicken and egg problem, you know, would it have been as hot a topic were the pandemic not to have happened? Uh, maybe not, because as Kate said, we would have focused more on the, the mechanics of how agents were solving the problem and reducing handle time and driving efficiencies rather than actually getting to the right solution and the right outcomes that drive good perceptions of experience from the customers. Which, which has always been the hopeful purpose, right? And, and something you both, I know, have been advising clients for years to do. I'm always so interested in, in when we start talking about what the pandemic forced, which is interesting um, and fabulous in a lot of ways, ironically. I'd be interested to know from both of you, do you think as we're moving through 2021 and even into 2022, if we put our predictions hat on, do we slide backwards once the pandemic and the shock of it all ends? Or has this been a change that is going to stick and then continue to push and, and innovate and get even better over time? So I'm going to jump in with one angle and hope Kate picks up the other angle. Because you can think about whether the thinking around agents and the role of agents and the life of agents has changed. And then you can think about the customer piece and how we provide customer service experiences. I want to focus on the agent piece because I think that's one where we're not going back. Uh, brands have always paid lip service saying, oh, agents are our best resource, our most important resource in customer service. They're the face of the customers. And then they treated them terribly, paid them nothing. And... Um, scrutinized them and measured them to within a centimeter of their life, right? We now have supervisors who want to make up superhero capes and give them to every agent because they've been so amazing. But if we're really going to see brands move to kind of hybrid models where it's not just traditional brick and mortar contact centers, but it's a mix of at home and brick and mortar. It's not just a mix of full-time agents, but we're going to have some gig economy work in there there really needs to be a lasting change in how we think about, measure, and drive agent engagement. 
we have to think about sort of giving contact centers an EX facelift, as it were, right? Like, how do we actually build connection, which is one of the key drivers of how an employee thinks about their agent or sorry, their employee experience. Um, so I, I think we're not going to go back there. We are going to see some more focus on efficiency if the economy goes south. That happens no matter what, right? It, it always does. But I don't think we're going to see a massive change on the employee side. I don't know, Kate, what do you think on the customer side? On the customer side, we're not going back to picking up the phone and waiting 20 minutes to be able to get connected to an agent. Uh, the pandemic has really been this forcing function to self-service and digital channel adoption. And these channels really do a great job at providing this frictionless, this easy, effective experience that your customers want. More than that, these channels can be highly personal because you can pull customer information, you can understand their journey, their behavior on your website, in your mobile app, and use all this information to be able to personalize the interaction, to show more empathy to the customer, help the agent ultimately do the right thing for the customer. And to Ian's point about agents working at home and work becoming more outcome driven, uh, with the adoption of digital channels, uh, the nature of work uh, that agents do changes. And you really have to focus on training and up-leveling your agents and career-pathing them. Uh, and now we see in contact centers, there's agents who are subject matter experts, who have specific skills, but they also have um, the skills to be able to manage customers in having the harder conversations. They've got emotional skills to best manage customers and meet the customer where they are. And it's a unique set of talents that really has to be nurtured and grown and invested in. And we see many companies um, are investing in customer service technologies and operations while slashing other budgets uh, like marketing and sales. And why this is happening is because they're trying to hold on to existing customers the best they can and to nurture them, do the right thing for them, grow their value. And what we see this year is that customer service software uh, technologies, investment in customer service software is the top of the list of software investments uh, for, for companies for this year. Isn't that ironic? But the pandemic actually seems to be pretty good for customer service changes overall. I, sad that it takes some some horrific tragedy like that to get people to really rethink customer service, but it does seem to be happening top to bottom. So let's talk about the technical um, technology investments because that is a big prediction you all have in your 2021 predictions report, which is a increase of 40%, I think, of digital interactions, digital customer service interactions. So tell us more about that. What uh, Obviously, big spike in a desire to interact digitally during the pandemic, that makes sense. Um, is this just a continuation of the same trend we saw in 2020 that just gets hotter? Are there new digital channels, new digital technologies? What exactly is gonna comprise that 40% bump? So it's a continuation and an acceleration of our 2020 plans. Um, companies are also investing 
in digitizing operations, not by just standing up a chatbot to do crisis communication, for example, but looking at digitizing core processes and putting in cloud uh, technologies to enable agents and, and their, their workforces to be able to work from anywhere at any time and standing up robust omni-channel communications. And of course, also adopting new channels, uh, the asynchronous messaging channels, for example, SMS, Facebook Messenger, a chat, channels that we use in our personal life. And what we find is that more companies are now using them in a business context. And uh, asynchronous channels have a lot of benefits. Uh, they provide better experiences because customers don't have to wait for an answer. They can walk away from the conversation and, and pick it up. But as well, uh, these asynchronous digital channels have a lot of operational benefits as well because customer service managers don't have to staff agents to the peak of inquiry volumes. Uh, so from an operational standpoint, it's easier to manage the volume and the quality of service on asynchronous channels more so than the uh, synchronous channels like voice and chat. So one quick note, that 40% number, if that didn't sound big enough, that's 40% growth from 2020, which saw a huge spike from 2019 because there was such an overload of voice volume and the brands were doing anything possible to shift people to digital. Um, because digital was already more efficient than voice because of concurrency, meaning a chat agent can handle two or three different interactions at the same time, whereas you're on the phone, it's one-to-one. -one. It's always going to be one-to-one. -one. It's never going to be anything but one-to-one. -one. Um, so 40% is, is growing off of a huge growth already. Um, one other thing that we've seen is brands learning lessons about how to successfully move customers from phone experiences into more convenient for them digital experiences. During the pandemic, for example, you'd call into a brand and the IVR, the, the voice self-service system would say, you know, we, we're experiencing a crazy call volume right now. The queue time is 35 minutes, but if you'd like, we can send you an outbound SMS and just click the link and we'll have a digital conversation right now. You, the uptake on that is huge because it's way more convenient for the consumer to do that at that point. Um, and so we're seeing those lessons from the pandemic um, start to be applied for 2021, 2022 and beyond. So I don't actually think that we're gonna see a massive jump and then it's gonna plateau. It's just gonna keep snowballing here as, as brands get better and better at figuring out the use cases where digital really is more convenient because that's what it's about, right? Consumers aren't saying, hey, I love chat or I love SMS. It's, hey, this is more convenient for me for the tasks that I have at hand at the moment that I am in. Um, and if brands can figure out where those are, those those that intersection of convenience of task, time and channel, and present that in an easy way to customers, they're going to use it. So you both talked about th this sort of up-leveling of the agent, them moving into a more strategic role. Are you also finding, given the backdrop that you just described with these increased digital channels and therefore data and insights that you would be pulling from said tools, that contact center leaders or customers 
service leadership is also becoming more strategic, more insights driven, that they're playing a, a, a more critical role in driving, you know, a broader customer experience initiative forward. So I'm going to look at this first from a tool up level, because I'm involved right now in research that will eventually lead to a Forrester, well, multiple Forrester waves on speech analytics, conversation analytics. And you can see that that technology three years ago, which was the, the first time we did one, a new wave on that topic, it was really focused on things like driving better efficiency from agents and coaching agents. And now it's how do I pull, I, I still have to do the coaching of agents. It's always going to be an issue. But now how do I pull insights from the phone conversations, from the chat conversations, maybe combine the phone and the chat conversations with social sentiment data, and then drive those insights into the parts of the organization where they would be actionable. Right in the past, the contact center would know that the website sucked or that a marketing offer was badly worded because they got the calls. And what they would do is put a Band-Aid on it, create a script to help an agent talk around it, but they couldn't fix it. Now they're being armed with the tools to actually say, hey, here's the data. Here's how you're costing the business this much, both in driving new cost to the contact center, but in lower conversion for your marketing offer because it's badly worded. And here's why customers don't understand it. So we are definitely seeing that the tools are being presented to the leadership so that they can do such things. Now it's up to them to actually take them and do something with it. Um, I, I think it's obvious that they would like to, because as Kate and I are talking about, there's a lot of automation coming in the contact center. And if you're worried about the power of your domain and your fiefdom, Right, being able to say, yeah, maybe I don't have as many agents, but I'm actually even more critical to the business than I was before because I'm the source of all these great actionable insights is a great career path for somebody leading a contact center. So it's kind of enlightened self-interest as, yeah, they kind of have to move in that direction. So, so two comments. First of all, customer service has always been seen as a cost center and customer service leadership tends to be very deep in an organization. But we also see that customer service plays a huge role in a customer's journey. Think about, for example, supporting a customer as they're looking at um, purchasing a product, um, helping a customer choose the right product for their particular situation. It helps um, ease buyer's anxiety, make sure that the customer is choosing the right product or think about a customer support when you're buying a product or service or fixing it or, or filling out a complex loan application. Um, and of course, learning how to get value out of product and uh, getting answers to questions and issues resolved. And so what we're seeing is uh, there's a greater alignment between customer experience and customer service leadership. And we, uh, companies are realizing that contact centers have a tremendous amount of insights about customers' needs and wants. And they're starting to tap into the knowledge that customer service organizations have to be able to better evolve their products, their services, uh, to be more aligned to what customers want. 
Um, we're also seeing that B2B companies are establishing these chief customer officer uh, roles that are responsible for all post-purchase motions, uh, onboarding, training, support, and success. And so these forces are all doing a great job, or these forces are all conspiring to help elevate customer service to a more strategic role within a company. So let's close with the not so obvious. What should leaders be thinking about now when they're looking to improve, extend, create a more strategic role for contact centers and customer service? So one answer that I, I definitely think is under underthought about, as it were, uh, is that you've got a myriad of contact options that can provide multiple different kinds of customer experience, right? Kate and I have talked about everything from voice to conversational AI, chatbots, whatever you want to call it, to web chat, to messaging, to email. And you've got all of the different kinds of use cases that we've talked about, everything from pre-sales revenue influencing through to post-sales account management and support. There's an intersection of those, right? Like what task is best served on which of those channels and touch points? And how do you actually drive customers to those experiences? In Contact Center, there's a, been a term called right channeling for decades. And it usually meant how do we push customers to the cheapest channel for us? But if you think about it literally, it should mean how do we drive the customer to the right channel for the need that they have? And it's that switch that I think will really, really change how brands serve customers. And if you're already serving customers well and driving those kinds of experiences, you know, we, you get the benefits that we talked about before, right? You get all the insights that you can start to derive because you don't have to start to pull insights from the friction that you've created by having a mismatch between what the customer needs and how you're trying to give it to them. You can just focus on, hey, they've said this product doesn't do X. And now we've got some product ideation that can go to the product team and the engineering team. But you don't get that if the customer's just pulling out their hair, trying to use web chat for something that it's not appropriate for. So to me, that that's like step one of what you need to be thinking about over the next couple of years to really drive your value to customers. And then from there through to the brand itself. Another point is business continuity and resilience uh, to be able to empower agents and managers to be able to work wherever they are and whenever they can. And it means an investment in cloud technologies to be able to support this work from anywhere modality. It, al it also means uh, adopting new processes to be able to manage remote work. And it involves a change in mindset and strategy to be able to do the right thing for customers and to focus on outcomes instead of the, the mechanics of an agent doing their job. Great. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.